on the subject, there's a miracle in the ground. There's a miracle in the ground. And we're going to talk today about the eternal principle of sowing and reaping and how that alters and affects and influences every life in here. Now let's look at there's a miracle in the ground. Galatians 6, 9, Paul's writing to the Galatians and he's, he's, he's encouraging them because they were discouraged. And he says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. For in due time, everybody say with me due time. There is a due time for every seed you plant. In due time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. What's the if, if we don't give up? Can you say that again? If we don't give up. Now let's look at James chapter 4, verse 14. And that's not there. Well, all right. James says, what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then passes away. That's James 4.14. Great question. What is your life? What is your life? Now, Father, we just thank you right now for your blessing. And we pray that, Lord, you will speak to us, guide us, and, Lord, sow this word into our hearts that we become wise sowers. In Jesus' mighty name, now will you breathe a prayer and say, Lord, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you better perk up and listen. You're going to need this. You're going to need this. <clears throat> now, I know I say that a lot, but at the 9 o'clock service, you need to tell people that. Perk up and listen. All right. Um, I want to first look at the answer to the question, what is your life? That's a great question. What is your life? What's life all about? To different people, it's different things. If I were to go out there, like, say, to the IHOP and just go table to table and ask them, what is your life? I would hear all kinds of things. Just recently, I noticed there was a TV special on Frank Sinatra, and it was called I Did It My Way. And, you know, if you had asked Frank Sinatra, what's your life? What is your life? He would say, well, it's what I live my way. I'm doing it my way. I'm living it the way I want. Now, you know, when he said that, of course, that became his motto. Did you know that's a perfect definition of sin? Did you know that the middle letter of sin is I? And that's what makes sin, sin, I. When you live life your way, ignoring God, you live a life of sin. If you walk away from God and away from His Word and don't follow Him and don't acknowledge Him and live life the way you want, doing what you want, when you want, where you want, you're invariably going to be living a life of sin. I. That's why Isaiah said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We don't go the right way when left to ourselves. We have all gone astray. And we've turned everyone to his own way. I did it my way. I lived life my way. What seemed right to me looked right to me. But you know what, folks? Without the Word of God, without the direction of God and the guidance of God, we will not go the right way when we go our way. We will go the wrong way because there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. As a matter of fact, Paul talked about 
going your way. He didn't have very many good things to say about it. Matter of fact, he had nothing good to say about the philosophy of going your way. Listen to what he said. And so I insist with the Lord's authority that there be no going along with the crowd, the empty-headed, mindless crowd. Now that's out of the Message Bible, but that's a great way to put it. Just because it's the crowd doesn't mean they're right. The empty-headed, mindless crowd. He said, they're, they've refused so long to deal with God that they've lost touch not only with God, but with reality itself. See, after a while, sin literally becomes insane. And you lose touch with all reality if you do it your way. <clears throat> he continues and he says they can't think straight anymore, feeling no pain, no twinge of conscience. They let themselves go in sexual obsession, addicted to every sort of perversion. See, if you go your way, you're going to go the wrong way. You're not going to go the right way. You will wind up being addicted and bound to many, many things that are totally contrary to the will of God for your life if you go your way. Now, the answer to the Christian to that question, what is your life, is very different. Here's what the Christian knows about your life. First thing we know is it's brief. How many of you know it's brief? <clears throat> Every morning you look in the mirror and you say, this is happening fast. <clears throat> Amen? It's brief. James said it's a vapor that appears for a time and then it vanishes away. That's your life. It's like the sunflower that comes up for a few weeks and then wilts under the sun and dies. What is your life? It's brief. Second thing a Christian knows about life is <clears throat> this life is a dress rehearsal for eternity. We know that. Jesus said we're to be laying up treasures for ourselves in heaven where moth or rust do not corrupt and where thieves cannot break in and steal your 401k. Did you notice how so many people lost 40, 50, 60 percent of their 401k just like that? That's what Jesus said about earthly riches. So we are to be uh, aware that this life is a dress rehearsal for eternity. And as we serve God, we're storing up treasures that can't be stolen and can't be corrupted. But the third thing is what I want to really look at today. Here's what the Christian knows about life. The Christian knows that his lifetime is his seed time. Now, I want you to listen carefully to this today. Because this whole thing of sowing and reaping is what life is made up of. We are sowers and we are reapers. You've already sown today some things that you're going to reap for in the future. What is our life? It is a God-given time to sow wisely for a life's harvest, both here and hereafter. What is your life? It is your seed time. To sow against a harvest, not only here, but hereafter. So how are you sowing? How are you reaping? What are you sowing? What are you reaping? This life, you and I, because of the way that God made the universe, this life is comprised of sowing and reaping. You're, you are sowing today, and right now, you are primarily the result of what you sowed in the past. Sowing and reaping. 
That's why David prayed, teach us to number our days, number them, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Now let me paraphrase that for you. Teach us to realize that our days are numbered so that we will not use them foolishly, but use them wisely. Why? Because your life is your seed time for here and for hereafter. How are you sowing? How are you reaping? Every day, when God gives you a day, that day is like a dollar. You can spend that dollar any way that you want, but you can only spend it once and then it's over. Once you spend it, you can't get it back. How do you spend every day that you got? You know, I don't know about anybody else, but the older I get, the more I realize every day is a gift. It's a gift from God. And you know what it is? It's him saying to me, Jeff, sow wisely because you're sowing not only for here, but for hereafter. There's going to be rewards divvied out after in eternity. This lifetime is a blink sandwiched in between two eternities. Eternity past, eternity forward. You can throw your days away on junk food, on gossip, on nothing, on garbage, or you can use the time God gives you to spend it wisely, pursuing God, seeking God, and living out His plan for your life. Teach us, Lord, to number our days and to realize that our days are numbered. And this is our seed time. Now, I did a little number crunching myself. And here's what I came up with. If you live to be, say, 80, which is not a bad age, not, not bad. If you live to be 80, then God gave you around 29,200 days to spend any way you want. 29,200 days. Any way you want to spend them. Now, the non-Christian, the Frank Sinatras of the world, they say this. Well, that's 29,200 days to spend on myself doing it my way but not the believer. The Christian says that's 29,200 days of God's gift of time to me to sow wisely because it's brief. Soon and very soon we're going to see the king, and once you enter eternity, there's no more sowing against that time. Whatever you sowed, that's what you got. That's why Ephesians 5 says, be careful how you act. These are difficult days. Don't be fools. Be wise. Make the most of your time. Make the most of every opportunity you have for doing good. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to find out, Paul says, and do whatever the Lord wants you to do. Don't waste your days, but try to find out what the Lord's will is and do it because life is your seed time for here and for hereafter. So again, the Bible teaches, say it with me, my lifetime is my seed time, not only for here, but for hereafter. Let me tell you a fact. This is a true fact. The seeds I sow today determine the quality of my life tomorrow. You want to be happy tomorrow? Sow wisely today. You want to have joy tomorrow? Sow wisely today. You cannot escape the sowing and reaping process. It is, a, it is an irrefutable, inescapable law of God. doesn't matter if you believe it or not. doesn't matter if you believe what I sow, I'm going to reap. You're still going to reap whether or not you believe it. I can stand two men on a building. One believes in gravity, the other doesn't. Ten stories up, they can both jump. 
They're both going to hit and die whether one of them believes it or not. Whether or not you believe in the law of sowing and reaping, it is a fact. Here's why. Because I'm going to reap what I sow more than I sow later than I sow. I'm going to reap what I sow. There's no question about it. If I, if I want a garden and I want tomatoes in the garden, I plant tomato seeds and I'm going to get tomatoes. There is no way I'm going to get apples if I plant tomato seeds. I know exactly what I'm going to get because that's exactly what I sow. Why is it we think that life is any different? What you sow is exactly what you're going to reap. That's what you're going to get. So look at the garden of your life. Look at the field of your life and, 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 and think, what do I want my harvest to be a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now? Because what I want is what I need to be sowing for. Any farmer that wants a wheat field doesn't sow corn. He sows wheat. And he knows that's exactly what he's going to get. And if, if corn came up when he sowed wheat, he'd head for a mental institution. Because he would say, this is not normal. That's not what I sowed. Why is life any different? If I want a wheat field, I sow wheat. Corn, I sow corn. If I want joy, I sow joy. Love, I sow love. I'm going to reap what I sow. And I'm going to reap more than what I sow. You always get more than what you sowed. I, I planted some rose bushes out in front of our house. And when I planted this one little rose bush, it had two little flowers on it. This week, it had about 20. What I sowed, I got more back than what I sowed. And that's why you need to look at the seed that's in your hand and the way you're sowing in your life and decide, is this what I want multiplied later? Is this what I want multiplied down the road? Is this what I want to be reaping in the harvest field of my life? Because guaranteed, irrefutable law of life, what you sow is what you will reap for good or for bad. Never ceases to amaze me how some people go off into sin. And they seem to believe they're going to escape the consequences. They're going to escape somehow. They're going to be exceptional. They're going to be the exception and not the rule. And whereas most people reap what they sow, this person isn't going to reap what he sows. And that's the deception of sin. The devil will try to convince you, you can get away with it. You can get away with it. You can sow sin and not reap a harvest down the road. And he gets every one of us to believe that if we're not careful. But sure as you're sitting there, you will reap what you sow more than you sow, later than you sow. What is in the field of your life now? Well, I haven't sown real wisely, Pastor. Man, I get out there with some good seed and start sowing like crazy. Listen, the seed that leaves your hand never leaves your life but enters your future where it multiplies. The seed that leaves your hand never leaves your life. You're sowing, you're sowing. You're sowing love, peace, joy, or you're sowing sin, walking in the flesh, walking in disobedience. It doesn't leave your life. It may leave your hand, but it doesn't leave your life. But it enters your future, the field of your life, and it comes back later as a harvest. Now, what do we sow every day? I'm going to give you four things we sow every day. Ready? Thoughts, words, actions, and attitudes. See, every one of us, the minute we woke up this morning, we were sowers. How would you talk to your family members? Did you, did you think about the Lord? Of course, you're in church. I'm talking to the choir here. 
But here's the deal. This is how we are sowers every day. We sow in our thoughts. What you dwell on, what you think about, what you churn over in your head, you sow. That seeds that you're sowing that go into the field of your life and go into the future, and you're going to get more back than you sowed later than you sowed. We sow words. How you talk to people. Do you talk mean, ugly, critically, slanderously, gossip? Or do you bless people? Do you edify them? Do you teach them? Do you minister to them? Do you compliment them? Every word you speak is a seed out of your mouth that goes into the field of your life, and you're getting more back than you sowed later than you sowed. Actions, for sure, seeds that you sow. Here you are. You're, you told your feet to get up this morning and go to church. Bless God. You sowed good seed because right now you're receiving the seed of the Word of God. And you know what? I'm sowing and I'm going to be blessed for it. You're receiving good seed. You're going to be blessed for it. And right now we're just a big bunch of sowers and reapers in here. And, and what we're doing is uh, we're, we're sharing and we're receiving what's going to come out later in the field of our life. Multiplied. More than what we sowed. And you sow in your attitudes. You walk around with a chip on your shoulder, world's mad at you and you're mad at the world. Or do you walk around with a great attitude? Do you walk around with, well, you know what? I've had some tough knocks, but God is good all the time. I believe in God to bless me. I believe that I'm blessed and not cursed. I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. I bless others. I don't blame my troubles on everybody else. If I messed up, it's my fault. If I did good, it's my fault. I'm not going to blame the world for my troubles. I got a good attitude. My God is good in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's an attitude. And you sow that attitude. It goes into the field of your life and it comes back multiplied later. A man will always reap. Paul says, just the kind of crop he sows. If he sows to please his own wrong desires, he will be uh, planting seeds of evil and will surely reap a harvest of decay and death. But if he plants the good things of the Spirit, oh my, I'd like to focus on that one. If he plants the good things of the Spirit, he will reap the everlasting life which the Holy Spirit gives him. I know I'm a broken record with you, but can I tell you, this is a great big bushel of seed. It's good seed. It's pure seed. It's God's Word. And every time you get up and you read this Word, you're sowing to your spirit. Not to the flesh, but to your spirit. And the more you sow to your spirit, the more you starve out that old flesh. You're sowing to the spirit, life everlasting. That's why every morning, you want to know where I'm at? I'm out on my patio. You can ask my wife. With me, it's no Bible, no breakfast. I feed my spirit because I know that during the day the devil's going to attack. I'm going to deal with all kinds of problems. I'm going to be faced with all kinds of challenges, and I'm not going to do it in the strength of my flesh. I'm going to do it because I made myself mighty in the Word that morning. I'm only as strong... I'm only as strong as my last time with God. And so every day, I feed my spirit. When you pray, you're feeding your spirit. Right now, you're feeding your spirit. When you worship, you're feeding your spirit. There's that battle going on inside of you between the flesh and the spirit. Which one is going to win? The one you feed the most. 
Now, when sowing good seed, Paul says this, let us not get tired of doing good, doing what is right, because in due season, everybody say with me, due season, we will reap a harvest of blessing. If you sow to the Spirit, the Word, prayer, fellowship, worship, you sow the things of God into your spirit, you're going to reap a harvest of blessing more than you sowed, later than you sowed. He says a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. Now say with me again, there's a due season for every seed I plant, whether it's prayer, Praying for a loved one, praying for somebody that you've been praying for for a long time. You say, where in the world is it? Keep praying. Whether it's sowing the word, giving financially, or a step of faith into something God's dealing with you about. You sow to the Spirit with every step of obedience you take. Sowing the gospel. Loving when you're not loved back. You're sowing, sowing, sowing. It can be a hundred different things that fall under the category of doing good. But you sow. When you go to church, you're sowing. When you witness to somebody, you're sowing. Thoughts, words, actions, attitudes. Thoughts, words, actions, attitudes. Seed. We're all farmers sowing every day. Thoughts, words, actions, attitudes. Now, some seeds do bring a harvest faster than others. A sunflower sprouts overnight. An oak tree takes years. But there will be a harvest of blessing if you do not give up. Cast your bread, your seed on the water, for it will return to you later. Oh, I've seen people think they were getting away with sin, and that thing came back to bite them years later because it was in the field. Now, Paul was writing to these Galatians because they were getting discouraged about their sowing. Say, man, I'm out here, I'm witnessing, I'm praying, and I'm just not seeing the results. I'm just not seeing any harvest. I'm discouraged. I'm, I'm getting weary of this. I mean, where is the result of my praying? Where's all the results of my sowing? It seems like the more I seek God, I, you know, the more trouble I'm experiencing, I just don't get it. Where is the harvest? Now, I'm going to tell you four quick things that you've got to remember in this life of sowing and reaping. Because there's no getting away from it. You cannot change the fact that it's sowing and reaping. And most that God does in your life, He does by the process of sowing and reaping. Most of what happens, that's why I tell you, sow wisely today because you've got a harvest coming tomorrow. And there is no getting away from it. So let me tell you four quick things. One, understand it. Can you say that with me? understand it. If you're going to obtain the promises of God, you've got to understand and respect the principles of seed time and harvest. You've got to understand it. Because if you don't understand seed time and harvest, here's what happens. Between the sowing and the reaping, a lot of people walk away. That's why he says you will reap a harvest of blessing if. That's a conditional promise. When there's an if used in a promise, that means it's conditional on you. If you don't give up and faint. If you don't walk away. If you don't put up the white flag. If you don't decide that God's word was not real and walk away and put up the white flag and surrender. If you don't give up 
in discouragement. Did you know that in the parable of the sower, Jesus gives the reason behind, and I'm starting a series next week called Four Tales of a Seed, or a tale, I'm sorry, a tale of four seeds. T-A-L-E, a tale of four seeds. Jesus gave the parable of the sower. He said three of four things that happen to the seed of the gospel are negative. They don't take. That's next week. But now listen to what he said. He who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it and brings forth fruit with patience. So what does this person understand that the other three seeds didn't understand? That this is sowing, waiting, reaping. Sowing, waiting, reaping. Have you ever seen a farmer sow a field and the next day stand on his porch and chew his nails and say, oh, my Lord. I just don't know if anything's coming up. I just don't know if it's going to take. I just pray. Listen, he knows if he waters it and takes care of it, he's not sitting there wondering if he's going to get a harvest. He's preparing for the harvest. He's getting ready for what's coming. So you got to understand it. If you're going to walk with God successfully, you've got to understand it's the principle of sowing and reaping. So you're praying for something, waiting for something, receiving the answer. You're sowing something, waiting for it in the ground. There it is. You can't see it, but that doesn't mean there's not a miracle in the ground. You know that it's there, and all you got to do is water it. And I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but you know that it's in the ground. And so it's just a matter of waiting until God's process works and it comes up as a harvest. Many a man has turned and left the dock just before his ship came in. And you know what, God, here's the sad thing. You can turn and leave the dock right before your ship comes in and somebody else gets your ship. You don't want that to happen. So many a man has turned away in unbelief and said, well, it's just not working, but he forgets. He fails to understand. It's in the ground. And you've got to give it time in the ground. Second thing, wait for it. Can you say with me, understand it? And wait for it. Remember, there's a miracle in the ground, and you've got to wait for it. You don't have to worry about it being there. It's there. It's down underneath, germinating, getting ready, to put down roots and come up as a crop. You don't have to wonder about it. And you're sowing and you're reaping. Three things, three fruits of the Spirit kick in immediately when you sow that seed. Faith believes it. I know it's coming. Hope anticipates it. I can't wait. I can't wait. And patience carries you through to your harvest. you got to put on patience. And that does not mean tapping your foot and looking up and saying, well, where are you? It means patience is serenity in the presence of trial. It's when you say, you know what, I don't see it, but it's in the field. It's under the ground. I've sowed. I've prayed. I've watered it. And so I, I'm just trusting God. It's going to come up in God's timetable because with every seed, God has placed within it a timer. There is a time and a purpose uh, or a time for every purpose under heaven. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, every purpose, every seed has a time and a season attached to it. 
Do you understand that? You know, when God called me to preach, I've told you often that the fire of the Lord came on my heart, and I wanted to preach the Word so bad I could not see straight. I burned to preach the Word, and I've told you, I've admitted to you, I've confessed to you that I went out to the woods and preached to the squirrels and the birds. Just let it go. I'll never forget preaching Isaiah in the forest. Who has believed our report? Well, none of them answered me. I didn't get any amens, but that's how much the fire to preach was on my heart. And I could not understand why God did not turn me loose. I said, the whole world's going to hell. And here I am, ready to go, and you just leave me sitting here in the shadows. And God said, you better take advantage of this time. You're going to need it. And so what was I doing during that whole time? Reading the Bible, storing up the Word in my heart, seeking His face, praying all the time. And what did God do? God used that time to prepare me for the hour that He would open the door. And I found out I needed every microsecond of that time. Say with me, God's in charge of the harvest. So wait for it with patient anticipation. So understand it. Wait for it. Third thing you've got to do is embrace it. You've got to embrace that sowing and reaping is the process, and there's no way to get around it. Sowing and reaping is the process. Embracing it will guard your heart from discouragement because discouragement is what will take you down. Discouragement is what will make you say, you know what, I believe I'm going to go do something else. Discouragement is what will make you walk away before God provides for you. So you've got to say, I embrace that this is what it is. That is, I'm sowing there's going to be a wait time, and there's going to be a harvest. If I'm in the wait time, it doesn't mean anything but the seed is under the ground germinating, and God is getting ready to bring you a harvest. And it will come, and it will not tarry. So understand it. Embrace it. Don't get mad at God. Embrace it. Wait for it. And then the last thing I want to tell you today is water it. Water that seed. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. You know, isn't it amazing, no matter how, how many times you see it happen, that seed under the ground, when it germinates and it puts down roots and it becomes something completely different and it produces a multiplied result of what you sowed, that is always, every time, an act of God. And you can plant it, that's in your power. You can water it, that's in your power. But you can't make it grow. That's in God's power. So I planted, said Paul, and I'm planting right now in you. I'm planting the seed of the Word of God. And in many of you, I'm watering what was already there. But I can't bring the increase I can't make it increase. I can't make you grow one millimeter in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, kindness, faith. I can't make you grow one iota. That's the work of God. So I know I can sow, I can water, but God's got to give the increase. And if I do those two things right, God's miracle increase will come. I can't get away from it. It will come if I water it. 
So I sow thoughts, I sow words, I sow actions, I sow attitudes. And I'm going to reap what I sow more than I sow, later than I sow. And so I've got to understand it, embrace it, wait for it, and water it. Here's how you water it. You keep on walking with God. You don't give up. You just get up every day and do the same thing. You seek God. You keep on walking with God. You keep on praying. You don't stay home, be one of these stay-home church people. Well, I'm just staying home. We got our crackers and grape juice and just we four and no more, and we're just breaking bread at home and watching Christian TV. Oh, please. I need, I, I need people with skin on them in church. I need to look at you. I need to fellowship with you. These people who say, well, you know, and, and their, their attitude is always lofty. I don't need the church anymore. Don't need that local church anymore. We've got it together. We four and no more. We're at home just being blessed. No, you're not. Let me tell you something. Anytime you don't do what the Word of God says, you lose. It may not look like it for a while, but you always lose. So how do you water that seed? You keep on walking with God. You stay in fellowship. You keep on giving. You keep on praying. You keep on reading the Bible, watering that seed. And one day, you're going to look out in the field of your life and see all kinds of green shoots coming up out of the ground. And here comes a harvest. And you know what? It's going to be exactly what you sowed. So if you're, oh, God, bless me. I want to be in your will. I want to walk with you. I, I love your word, Lord. I just thank you for... That's the kind of harvest you're going to see. Blessing, 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 blessing. A harvest of blessing. So can you say with me, I'm a sower. Like it or not. And I'm a reaper. Amen. Can you stand up together with me? Now I want you to say this with me. There's a miracle in the ground. There's a miracle in the ground. God hadn't forgotten you. His harvest is going to come. His harvest is going to come. There is a miracle in the ground, Father, and we thank you for it. And even though we look out on the field of our life and we don't see any green, we see just bare dirt. Yet, Lord, we know if we sow our words, our thoughts, our actions, and our attitudes wisely, we're going to reap a harvest. Now I want you to give right now. Would you just look up and say, Lord, help me to be a wise sower. Wise with my time. With every head bowed just for a moment. You can say, Pastor, I, I've been sowing unwisely. I've just been out there sowing unwisely. And I'm beginning to reap the harvest. And I realize because of the sting of that harvest that I need to make a new direction for my life. I want to sow wisely. I want to sow my time to God. And I want to give Him my life. Turn it over to Him and ask Him to guide me. From this moment forward, 
I need to become a wise sower. If that's you, will you raise your hand today? Just slip it up and let me see you because I want to pray with you. God bless you. Would you let me pray with you? I'm not trying to make uh, to embarrass you or, or, or do anything exploitive at all, but I want to just pray for you. You can say, Pastor, I just, I just need to turn my sowing around, and I want a harvest of righteousness. I want you to come down. Would you just come and stand right here? And I want to pray for you today. If you raise your hand, just slip out and come. Don't worry about it. We have all been there. We've all been there. Just come down, and I want to pray for you. So I'm going to give my life around to God today. I want to start over. Start fresh. Let's just sing one stanza, and I believe there's more. I believe there's more that need to come. Say, so why do I need to come down there? Because the minute you take one step of faith,